Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Obscurities. I'm Debbie Rashawn. It was February 28, 1894. A festive ball like none other was in full swing. Prestigious guests were invited to swim in the hot sulfur water pumped from an artesian well 2,000 feet below as a stringed band accompanied their aquatic leisure. Then they dined and danced the evening away. It was unlikely that any high-profile member of American society during the Victorian era would not know about this social hotspot. The Hot Wells Hotel and Spa in San Antonio, Texas, boasted repose and healing for an abundance of physical ailments. It was a Victorian sensation that attracted famous visitors like Theodore Roosevelt, Will Rogers, Charlie Chaplin, and Rudolph Valentino. E. H. Harriman, president of the Southern Pacific Railroad, even had a sidetrack extended to the hotel resort, along with a private car outfitted with a telegraph and telephone line so his visits would not inhibit his business operations. But this popular destination owed its fame to the neighboring Southeastern Insane Asylum, today known as the San Antonio State Hospital. Before the asylum's opening in 1892, a well on the property was drilled to supply the water. At 1,750 feet deep, the well gushed nearly 180,000 gallons of water per day. However, to the hospital's dismay, the water was permeated with sulfur, raising the natural temperature of the water to 104 degrees Fahrenheit, characterizing it unfit for daily use. The asylum then leased the water to the highest bidder at $500 a year. McClellan Shacklett won the bid, and in 1893, the Hot Wells Hotel and Spa was erected. It was a first-class hotel and sanitarium, equipped to welcome up to 200 guests. Shacklett purchased the neighboring Pecan Grove, where the hotel was built, and provided guests with a carriage ride to the hot sulfur bathhouse. Upon entering the bathhouse, the lady or gentleman were welcomed and escorted down to the respective parlor, leading to a large pool filled with the hot sulfur well water from below. Guests could also book a solo bath. 
The sanitarium had dressing rooms, private lounge rooms, and a restaurant. Hot mineral baths rose in popularity during this era, giving San Antonio a boost in the limelight as it competed with the famed hot springs of Arkansas. Guests from all over flocked to experience the hot well's benefits. And by the end of the first summer, it was reported that over a million gallons a day were used. Only a year after its opening, in the early morning of December 23, 1894, a fire broke out and consumed the bathhouse in less than an hour. Shacklett was awakened by a neighbor that morning, alarmed at the flames, rushing to the burning structure with guests still inside. Shacklett himself rescued six before the building collapsed. Luckily, there were no fatalities. A new 25-year lease was acquired from the asylum by the Texas Hot Sulphur Water Sanitarium Company. In the fall of 1900, ladies, gentlemen, and families now had their own respective swimming pools. The baths continued to grow in popularity, and the place quickly became known as America's most famous resort. Eighty of the hotel rooms were upgraded to boast first-class comforts of the day, including telephone lines connected directly to the main office, electricity, hot and cold water, and steam heat. The bathhouse itself was also renovated with porcelain tubs in each of the additional 45 private bathrooms, complete with marble partitions and quality tile flooring. Various types of bath options were available from the style of Roman and Turkish in steam and shower selections. The water temperature could now also be controlled to be warmer or cooler beyond the natural 104 degrees of the well water. As the resort continued to grow, it maintained long periods at maximum capacity, with new guests being turned away. It was a locale of celebration and relaxation. Parties were held alongside concerts and lectures. Gambling became popular in gaming and ostrich races. A bowling club and even a golf course were on the grounds. On the weekends, balls and dances were held, and a tradition of Friday night dances was established between the guests of the Hotwells Hotel and the neighboring Southwestern Insane Asylum patients. Because of its popularity with high-profile figures, the Star Film Company bought the property right across the river where at least 60 movies in the silent film era was filmed. Hot Wells quickly acquired the nickname of Second Hollywood. World War I and Prohibition came in like cool water on a hot flame, and the resort's popularity significantly diminished, ending the hotel's era of exuberance. Operations achieved much of the hotel's profit from the sale of alcohol and their lavish events. 
The decline was quick, and the property was sold in 1923 and remodeled to house the El Dorado School with a hotel building established as a school's dormitory. Then the heat turned up again. On January 17th, 1925, the hotel, now a school dormitory, was engulfed in flames and consumed in less than an hour. The bathhouse also caught fire, but was saved thanks to the local fire department. From that point on, the property was never the same. A resourceful operator established a bar inside the bathhouse called the Flame Room and soon added tourist cottages and a camping park. But over time, the operators never achieved much success, and eventually, the property lay in ruins. Once a beacon of tranquility and entertainment, the light on the Hot Wells Hotel and Spa faded, and the ruins were left abandoned, mostly. Ghost hunters and lovers of the paranormal have experienced a presence among the ruins. Though no deaths have ever been recorded on the property, it seems that some former guests and staff enjoy the resort so much that they still linger there in the afterlife. Several visitors to the ruins have reported seeing a woman dressed in Victorian attire, standing in the window on different occasions. The San Antonio paranormal investigators believe they recorded this woman's voice and EVP, or electronic voice phenomena, recordings. Another EVP recording from the ruins claims the presence of a man named Nick. Investigators took pictures and videos in the darkness, revealing peculiar orbs. Justin Parr was the site's caretaker for several years. My name is Justin Parr. I am the caretaker, artist in residence, area naturalist, um, all sorts of things. They have a bunch of titles for me um, for the old Hotwells Hotel and Ruins. Justin describes the beginning of his caretaking career at Hotwells. When I first got to the Hotwells Hotel as caretaker, it was kind of a big uh, mess. Uh, nothing had, nobody had been there for, had been living there for a while. A lot of people were trying to come onto the site and it was, uh, people would, you know, try to dump on it and all sorts of things. So it was a, a, a big adventure when I first got there, just trying to get everybody get one of the first things that I was given when I got there was a list of ghost hunters. And claimed the spirits were cooperative and friendly. Different ghost hunters would corroborate, um, over, you know, multiple years of doing this, I'd have people come and the ghost hunters would come back and say, well, we talked to the ghosts and they really like your parties you have. They like that you have people out. I had a bunch of, at the time I put up a bunch of like string lights and I laid a bunch of broken bricks around the trees there and built vegetable gardens around the ruins. And it just kind of had this real chill vibe. And I'd come out, you know, we'd have barbecues and stuff and have friends, you know, come out and, it was a great place on the San Antonio River. So the ghost hunters would not know anything about this. And they would come out and be telling me about my parties I've had. I go, okay, all right. Well, you know, and the ghosts were always like, we like him. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, I like them. It's cool. We have a good relationship. 
as it so happened, the ghosts would involve themselves in special events just and through, circumstances in which Parr used the mysterious nature of the Hotwells Hotel ruins to his advantage with his guests. We had a guy come through at some point uh, early on for one of the, we did a fundraiser for uh, the Artist Foundation in San Antonio, and we wanted to do a ghost hunt. And we had a ghost hunter come through and he spoke to the ghosts. He came that afternoon, spoke to the ghosts ahead of time. And he asked them if they would kind of play with people, mess with people in like hot and cold spots and, you know, mess, you know, touch them and, you know, different things. Um, ghosty stuff. And so the ghosts were, uh, they were amicable to this and they were like, yeah, we, we'd love to. Nothing transpired when they took the guests on the ghost tour of the ruins that evening. Until two hours later. These two girls come running out of the ruin, and they're just white as sheets. In sheer panic, the two girls had wandered off against the event rules, experienced exactly what the ghost hunter had asked the ghost to do with the guests. They felt a strange sensation of someone holding their hand and pulling their hair, and they were frightened enough to risk getting kicked out of the event by confessing they had broken the rules. The ghost hunters' requests seemed to have made an impact. The ghosts seem to have never uh, forgotten that request. And so from that point forward, anyone who tried to spend the night in the ruin um, that wasn't me, they never really messed with me. No one beside Justin Parr, the ground caretaker, ever slept so soundly while staying at the Hot Wells Hotel ruins from that point on. One such occurrence, the guests slept on the second floor in sleeping bags and felt tugged at all night and experienced flashes of hot and cold sensations. None of them could sleep. I wake up at sunrise, I look outside, and their van's gone. And I'm going, well, that's weird. An hour or two later, I get a message from the guy that's, that sent them to me. And he says, what happened? They are scared to death. It's late. And they're like, okay, we're going to bed. And so one of them's laying down. And he's he feels this weight on his legs. And he's just like, uh, whatever his dog, Shaka, you know, I think it was his dog. Shaka, get get off me. Get off me. And he And he looks up. And the dog is in the corner of the room. Way far away. I mean, it's a huge room, too. So, he's, I mean, you know, he's four, maybe 100 feet away. I mean, it's a huge room. And so he's like, what? And he's looking down. He's like, okay. And he's like, maybe I'm okay. And he lays down, and then he just keeps feeling this weight on his legs. Completely unable to sleep, wondering if it was Justin messing with them, the guests give up and leave. Are these hauntings merely auditory or visual pareidolia? The wishful thinking of paranormal enthusiasts that these obscure phenomena are a reality? It is likely. But when the same mystical experience is had by people in unrelated circumstances, like seeing a particular woman peering through the same window, conclusions are even more obscure. Everybody always saw a figure in a window in a particular window. And I always told everyone they were crazy. There's no way there's a figure in that window. That was like way too in your face. And I've been in that room so many times. There's definitely nothing up there. Until one night. I woke up in the middle of the night. There was a figure in the window. I just kind of 
had a hard time believing it and went, rubbed my eyes a bunch. And I went, okay, I'm going to bed. In 1999, James G. Lifshitz purchased the property and land surrounding the former Hot Wells Hotel. His vision for the property is to preserve the story of the ruins and deliver that history back to the public. Lifshitz hoped one day to realize the efforts on the other parts of the property to include the interpretive center, sulfur water-soaking baths, campsites and cabins, and a beer garden with a food truck park. Enlisting the help of a local glassblower artisan, Lifshitz allowed Justin Parr to take up residence at the site in a converted shipping container. Parr would help Lifshitz with many maintenance and stabilization efforts to preserve the area and, as noted, became the unofficial tour guide for the ruins and ghost hunters. Though Lifshitz's grand vision has not yet materialized, he is content with the county's efforts on the property's behalf. On April 30th, 2019, the hot wells of Bexar County opened to the public. It was the first cultural historic park in Bexar County. Though never restored to its former glory, visitors can now stroll around and safely explore the former hot wells hotel and spa. For safety concerns, the historic well was plugged and a new compliant well was drilled. A steady stream of ghost hunters continued their pilgrimage to the site. Who knows what the lingering guests will think of their admired Hotwells Hotel now.